0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Moats. Arthur Motes and Wesley. It says, you learn Motes.
1: Ah. So I say, Motes. It's a Motes Host too. It's Tuesday. Motes. Yeah, my
0: name is Motes. That is what they call me. Yes. But it is Euler and Motes, Motes and Euler on a Motes host Tuesday, SNR style. As we continue on through this episode, which by the way, if you aren't catching it live, you can always catch it in podcast format. Let them know. A lot of people do catch it in podcast format because it is commercial free on demand whenever you want to listen to it. Some people listen to it while they're working out. Some people on their commute. Some people when they are winding down after work, laying in bed with headphones on next to their significant others. (laughs) Okay. But either way, whatever you do, whenever you... You are listening and wherever you find your podcast at, wherever, anywhere. All you got to do is type in Steelers Blitz, and that's
1: Blitz with a Z. Like Zoltan. Like what else? Like Zamboni. Like what else? Like Zlatan. Like what else? Like Zebra. Like what else? Like, what else? like Zebra Cakes. There it is. <laughs> that
0: boy said Zebra is Zebra Cakes. I don't know, but I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, wherever you get your podcast, that just type in Steelers Blitz and you'll be able to get all of our episodes, all of these shows, both regular season, the training camp episodes that we did, even the OTA stuff that we were covering. You could get any of that content commercial free right there. Yes, and it is free of charge to you as well. So definitely check that out, yeah, man. Yeah, subscribe and leave us a review. Five star or one star, though,
1: all right? Nothing in between. You yeah. either love us
0: or you hate us. Exactly, man. No cold turkey, man. Don't get cold feet. Say it like you mean it and get it off your chest. <laughs> <laughs> But, man, we had a rookie make his – well, not even his – Oh, actually made his Heinz Field debut. Yes. Excuse me on that yes. one. Yes, we did in terms of Pat Fryer move. Hines field debut as a professional. I'm not sure about his career at Penn State, if he was in one of those games here or not. Against
1: Pitt? Yeah, you know what? That's yeah, a good question, actually. Yeah,
0: I don't actually. know 100%. Maybe if he was younger.
1: Like maybe as a freshman. That's what I'm saying because but,
0: that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, they yeah. yeah. they were still playing those games out here. So as a professional, though, this was Pat Fryer move's first opportunity to play a game. Ed Hinesville, and man, I must say the rookie has done, now that we can talk about this, he has done what we have seen him literally literally do every day in practice yeah. at training camp. Numerous occasions per practice, you see him make two to three catches just like he made on Friday night. If you want to go with the, the, the pump fake throw across the middle, yep. if you want to go with the yep. back shoulder change, your body in midair, we see him... Do this to any and everybody that has covered him, whether it's a linebacker, whether it's a cornerback, whether it's been a safety. He has cooked everyone down the middle of the field like that. So when I'm watching this transpire, I hated to say this, but I was getting my A.B. vibes again in the sense of A.B. did so much spectacular stuff in practice that it would take something Otherworldly for me to be surprised, for us right. to get wowed by him, right? right? Fans to see him make a one hand catch, oh my God. And we're like, bro, yeah, we've seen this a every thousand <laughs> times from Monday to Wednesday. Like, yeah. this is nothing. Yep. And with Pat, that was the vibe that I was getting as I'm watching him make these plays. I'm like, yeah, we've already seen this. I mean, it don't matter which person you put out there, we, this is what he does. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter which QB. We've seen him do this as well. It was good to see it with seven. Because we obviously wanted to see Seven get out there and have some success, but that is what Pat has been doing. Like, Pat is like that. Pat is a legit weapon. I yes. mean, it showed up on his tape a ton at Penn State. That was one of the biggest reasons why it was so high on us drafting him. And when we were able to get him, it was like, man, we know what this guy is capable mm-hmm. of. And it was just fun for everyone else to be able to kind of see that a little bit. Because preseason or not, those things that he was doing, that's that translates. That carries over. Absolutely. That's not an issue of who you're matched up against. Nah, you jump in and controlling your body and reversing in mid-air and hands catching like that, man, it doesn't matter if that was Jalen Ramsey out there. That ball put like that, him doing that, that's a touchdown nine out of ten times unless he drops the ball, which we know. Pat don't do that. Nope. Not in the red zone. nah, buddy. He don't do that.
1: Yeah, but can he block, though? <laughs>
0: Huh. <laughs> cut cut the tape on yeah, He's looked very good in that cut, department as well Cut the too. tape on And it, 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 it's not like on social media where you gotta go try to find a play Where it might have been somebody missing a block One You're like oh look highlight. he hit the guy he made it It's like nah we're not trying to fudge it We don't have to grade his blocking on a curve We don't have to say well considering who he is And what his standard is yeah. This is good for him Nah nah With Pat this is good blocking, period. Yes. It's not like the Tebow thing where we're like, oh, well, he technically got in his way. Technically, I was a good... I mean, technically, the guard didn't make the tackle, so yeah, that's a good block. Technically, nah, 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 nah. Y'all save all that justification. Y'all save all that grading on the curve. Y'all save all of that fudging of the requirements associated with blocking for your own self on your own time. I like NFL caliber blocking. I like the simple... Line of is it is it varsity or not not is it yeah. a east coast varsity west coast varsity is it oh this player's varsity versus that guy no 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 no, no 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 varsity right versus- I want standard being the standard yes. okay and Pat gives me that when we talk about blocking I don't have to find one play out of however many plays he played oh look he did it guys we don't have to do that with Pat okay we don't have to do that so yeah. <laughs> Can he block? The answer is yes, sir, he
1: can. Yes, he can. And that is just as important as anything else in this equation. Um, but, yeah, it, it's hard not to be excited about this guy, Motsi. Um he, We saw him do it every day in practice. He's stacking just performances out there. He's looking better and better. He's becoming more and more involved, too, mm-hmm. which is Captain Obvious. But that's always a good thing. When you see a guy being more and more involved every day in practice – bigger part of the game plan every day in practice that obviously means the coaches are liking what he's doing and they're trying to give him a bigger role within the offense they believe in his ability to step in here as a rookie and kind of hit the ground running the, the big kicker for me though motzi and you know i, I like presley harvin <laughs> he is the big kicker ah, i see what you did there he's the big kicker and then we're yeah. going australian kicker because you know when they get the footy on the ball oh man <laughs> The big thing for me, and you know, I I like how you uh, mentioned A B here too, because I'm going to draw a parallel to the mm-hmm, artist mm-hmm, formerly mm-hmm. known as Mr. Big Chest, mozi I think Pat Fryermuth could be the, along with Najee Harris in a run game too, could be the the answer, the elixir to what's ailed the Steelers in the red zone the past two seasons. Um, timeline here: mm-hmm. 2018, Antonio Brown's last year in Pittsburgh. Steelers had the best red zone offense in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. 2019, they had the worst. Now, Ben Roethlisberger also only played six quarters of football in 2019. So when you lose your franchise quarterback, when you lose a future Hall of Famer six quarters into the season, yeah, your numbers on offense are not going to be as good as, as you would want them to be. I think that's just, that's an obvious statement that has to be said with that. But guess what? Last year... Even when the Steelers were 9-0, 10-0, 11-0, they were still struggling in the red zone. They finished bottom of the barrel in red zone touchdown percentage in the NFL. Again, two straight years now, they have been, as my colleague would say, below varsity. I don't even want to call them JV, more like the freshman team. When it Maybe even middle school, maybe the 8th grade football no, no, team. No, no, no. You, you know what? They, they,
0: uh, a good friend of mine calls it, not good! Not good! This was not good.
1: Yeah, let's just say that. In the red zone the past two seasons, it has been not good. And again, you could maybe excuse it in 2019 because Ben Roethlisberger misses the whole season. But last year, what's your excuse? The excuse is, is they didn't have a playmaker who was as good down in those tight areas as Antonio Brown was, and they couldn't run the football either. mozi with the addition of Najee Harris... And now with Pat Friermuth and what he seems capable of, because this goes back to his time at Penn State, too. Scored a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. ton. That, to me, is maybe amongst <clears> the <throat> most encouraging things that we have seen uh, throughout the preseason and throughout training camp. This is a team, again, over the last two years, they have been putrid in the red zone. That has got to change. And I think Pat Friermuth can be you a huge,
0: putrid. That just sounds so pitiful.
1: But you're right.
0: (laughs) They were pitiful in the red zone as well, too. I hated it. You're right. Putri, pathetic, and other P,
1: bad connotation. It's not so bad. Like, God. Putsley. (laughs) They were Putsley in the red zone, Arthur. (laughs) Did you just wake up and let me
0: get the the, the source out here and just anything that is just subpar below the line. I'm going to just come up here and just drop all those words that begin with the letter P. Like,
1: God,
0: Wes, why you got to do that today, man?
1: Men lie, (laughs) women lie, numbers don't. And the Steelers have been at the bottom of the barrel in the red zone for two straight years. I think Matt Canada helps with that. I think Najee Harris helps with that. But what could really put them over the top, Arthur Motes, is Pat Frygmere. I definitely agree
0: with that, man. He just opens up the offense a ton. When you're able to have a guy like that. Now, Ebron still gives you that from a receiving perspective. But we also know that with Ebron, the hands – aren't as consistent. And we saw that even in that game Friday night. That's the biggest reason why when I speak of Pat, I speak of him with great confidence because we know the fundamental things he does extremely well. In the words of Coach Tom, he does the routine things routinely. That's what it's supposed to be. And what are those routine things as a tight end? Can you block and can you catch? The two basic principles of being a tight end because a tight end is a form of O-line. Because you got a block and you're a former wide receiver, so you have to catch. We know with Ebron, he does those things, but he doesn't do them nowhere near as consistent. And when you see a guy like Pat, who has been doing those things very, very consistent yes. since he has stepped foot in Pittsburgh, that's why we're excited about him. And that's why when we speak on his preseason performance, We don't speak of it in the same sense of how we looked at the team of, oh, grain of salt, because that was the one time or the only time we've seen that. With Pat, we've seen this. This is more norm for him than outlier. Whereas when we saw Ebron's performance, right? That's Ebron in a nutshell. You're going to drop one where we're going to be scratching our heads like, yo, what are you doing? Then you're going to make some plays, and then you're going to be like, yo, you
1: look great. Toe tap on the sideline, and we're going to say, wait a second, that was phenomenal.
0: But the problem is we still got to deal with the ugly to get with the good. Whereas with Pat, we don't have to deal with that ugly. It's all good. And that's the biggest difference right now when I'm thinking of Pat and Ebron and why one player I'm very excited about after their performance, and the other guy I'm just kind of like, bro, we've seen this. We know what this is. We know what this is. Even with the numbers, four catches, 59 yards, 27 yard long, six targets. Yeah, but we know it was a drop. It was a horrible drop. We've seen, like, those are the things with Ebron where it just lingers to me. And those
1: are the things that if that transpires throughout the regular season. That can kill you. I mean, how many drops did we see? Pat will be getting the majority of the snaps, and Ebron will not be out there as much.
0: Especially coming off of last year where us as a team, we struggled mightily. Way too many drops. Between Ebron. Deontay even chased to Mm -hmm. an extent. Like We Mm -hmm. we saw too many drops happening. We we absolutely did. Way Way too too many. many. Everyone was guilty of it. And at least with this year, we feel like Deontay has taken significant strides to improve in that. Whether it was him coming out early... Every single day of training camp and watch me and you, we we'll watch him 30, 40 minutes before. Everybody else is out there mm-hmm. just catching balls. He was catching the first. Balls. He was
1: the first. That every day, first
0: one out, Literally. He, was, he was the first he, he, one out every, every day. Every day, he was out there catching balls. And then we knew that he would stay after to do similar things. And yep. what have we seen transpire since then? In practice, how many times do we see, like realistically do we remember, probably a handful of balls that he might have dropped throughout this whole training camp practice, right?
1: There's been, there's been improvement there. And obviously we need we want to see right. we it, want it with to the see lights more. on in stadium, right. but there's, you but can there's, see
0: it. But you can see where the effort was put in, the focus was put in, and now we're seeing the benefit of that or the rewards of that. Granted, it's only preseason, but we have seen that. With Ebron, I don't feel the same way. Agreed. With Ebron, now we know he was dealing with a little bit of injury during training camp, and that played a part in him missing time. But either way, with him missing time, we weren't getting a chance to see those quality reps of him day in and day out showing us that, hey, he can make difficult catches. He can make the easy catches. He's not going to mentally have a lapse hmm. that can cause him to have a drop where he should have caught that ball, or a pass that he probably caught a thousand times. But right, because right. mentally he's not as locked in, he has those things happening. We can't, say, we can't sit here and say that that part is officially out of his game because we just haven't got enough of that reps. He wasn't out there enough in training camp and based on what we've seen in this game it showed up again so we can only go off of what we've seen so that to me man like i said it just continues to frustrate me with that yeah. but it is good to see that a guy like pat is already in house and it's going to two things going to happen either ebron is going to be pushed and understand this and Step and get his game and up, get
1: better from it, yeah.
0: Or Pat's gonna, or Pat's gonna pass him, or he's gonna be the Batman, and it, Ebron's it, it, it gonna is, be the Robin. It is that simple, yep. man. And, I, and newsflash: they don't pay Robbins the millions that they're paying Ebron right now. Correct. Yeah.
1: Correct. And I, I do think that he is like on notice in that regard. I was gonna say mm-hmm. borrowed time, but that's not. No, true. no, 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 no. There's been some people saying, could Eric Ebron get cut? That's that's no, not happening. I, I don't it's see that stage. happening at all. Right? Yeah, I don't think he's on borrowed yeah. time, but he he's he's being pushed. Absolutely. Very much. Absolutely. Legitimately. And you know what? It, like, you and I both loved the, the Pat Fryermuth pick. You know, he was a guy that leading up to the draft, we talked about a lot. You discussed how he was clear. Like, you thought that he was closer to um, – Kyle Pitts than to the next wave of of tight ends. That like those two guys were the clear cut number one and number two. I
0: thought he was the best tight end prospect because I don't consider Kyle Pitts a traditional tight end. Kyle Pitts is a a (laughs) hybrid wide receiver. He's a big body wide receiver. That's what he is. Yeah, Pat is a legitimate tight end. You can put in line point of attack. I can't do that with Kyle Pitts. I can't have him in line and hey, we're gonna run the ball behind you, you be the lead blocker. No, so you're not a tight end to me. You're not the best tight end prospect. Great receiving prospect mm-hmm. now. If you're talking about splitting a guy running routes, give me Kyle Pitts every day. But if I want a legitimate tight end, give me Pat. Yeah. Pat checks all those boxes.
1: And 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 that was something you and I talked about a lot leading up to the draft and and, and even in the aftermath. There was some concern there, right, though, that, okay, well, should the steel? yeah, we all like Pat Fryerman, but should the Steelers have gone offensive line there? You yeah. know, that was a conversation we had. Should they have gone maybe somewhere else there? Uh, more of a position of need, right? But Motzi, I don't think anyone's second-guessing that in hindsight now. Everyone, mm-hmm. Everyone's going to be very happy. You know, we tried to force it with some other guys, with Heath, you know, for, <laughs> for years with every other tight end who came through Pittsburgh – But you know what, Muth I think is going to be a a real thing around Heinz Field this season, certainly, and uh, and hopefully for a long time.
0: So now you know the real question is, uh oh, how long until we see a change (laughs) for tight end one? Well, or do you not see that happening? I mean, because the answer could simply be you see that change happen once the season is over, right, in terms of Ebron having a a really good year and just contract-wise it makes sense that, hey, we're going to transition on. Or it could be a situation where you might think that, hey, I think Pat takes over as as tight end one by week 10, by week 6. That's kind of how I'm, I'm asking this thing. I didn't want it to just simply feel like it had to be this season. It could be next season. But I personally think that, you know, yeah, he keep that foot on the gas. He might be able to
1: make something happen this year. Yeah, I think so. Um, should we take this to the power grid? I think we should actually, because you know we like their involvement. Yeah, they were. Some of them were yelling at me about my Ben Roethlisberger rant.
0: Oh, you're right. Okay, so you know we will take it to them. This <laughs> if they're tuned in. All right. So you know how to hit us up at the Body Fifty Two, the Body, and at Wesley Euler, the da Good day. But simply let us know, man. How do you see Pat Fryer, Muth, and Eric Ebron? How you see this playing out? Well. Eric Ebron remain tight end number one for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the duration of the season? Or do you see a scenario where Pat Frymoof essentially takes over that role of being the number one tight end on the Pittsburgh Steelers this season? Let us know on the dot com, man, at the body fifty two and at Wesley Euler. And after that, man, we'll definitely read those off and react to that.
1: I I do think, you know, this is another balance. It's it's different conversation. It's ah, uh, here we go. Same church, Uh-oh. different pew. Hey now, I think I've heard that before. Uh, of this of this Ben Roethlisberger stuff in terms of the hype train, right? Mm-hmm. I expect a lot from Pat Fryermuth this season. I'm excited. But I'm also not going to say, you know, he's going to be a, a Rookie of the Year candidate at tie and he's going to be starting and he's going to take thought, Ebron's job. Najee's Nagy. getting Rookie of the Year anyway. Well, that's true. Offensive yeah. Rookie of the Year. Yeah, you're right. right. You can only have one Offensive Rookie unless of the Year. It's unless they're not. co- But it's well, going mean, to be co still Pat Fryermuth is going to be first-team All-NFL yeah. tight end. Yes. Um... I am very optimistic and excited for this young man. I believe that he is going to have a big impact on the offense this year. But realistically, y- I think you got to give him some time. He's not going to score two tu- – I know, right? This is another Captain Obvious. He's not going to score two touchdowns in every game, all right? He might not even score a touchdown. Who said that? In every game.
0: Who said that?
1: I – I expect a lot from him, but I think it'll look like... You know what maybe a good example is? Is is what we saw from Juju his rookie year. Another second-round guy. Juju lit it up his rookie year, though. He did, but it was really, what, week seven? Yeah. The Detroit Lions, Lions Monday – was that Monday night yeah, football? Monday night. When it he to locked the house, up the 90, Was that 97? Yep. And then from there, yeah. the rest of the season, he played a big role in the offense. Mm-hmm. I think it'll look like that for Frymouth. I think it'll take a few weeks. He'll make some plays in those first few weeks. Right. But eventually, like week six, week seven, week eight, in that time frame, it'll click. It'll start to slow down for him. He'll get even more of a rapport with, with Roethlisberger and everything else going on with the offense. And I, I do expect that he will have a big impact. And, and hopefully – Motsi, he could be kind of one of those maybe you know, ace-in-the-hole type guys for the back half of the season. Someone who's a little quiet in maybe the first handful of games but then comes on really strong when, when the Steelers need him down the stretch. Absolutely, man. That's what I'm anticipating as well. Yeah. I
0: mean, everything has that he's been showing, it does point to that. Like I said, the consistency, the health, the productivity, the not having the moment be too big for you. I mean, so far he's checked all those boxes. So he, he really I, I don't see why we shouldn't feel very confident about his ability going forward, man.
1: And 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 again, we we talked about it for a minute, but the the pass blocking is a huge part of this and and run blocking as yeah. well too for Pat Friermuth. That was that's always the question for 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 a rookie tight end for a young tight end. We, you know, we made the joke Mike Tomlin was all preseason, anytime Pat Fryermuth, or all training camp, I should say, anytime mm. Pat Fryermuth made a nice catch, made a nice play, Mike Tunnel would say, "Great," but can you block? Can, can he <laughs> block? No. Um, and and all these things look like they're starting to come together at the right time, Arthur Motes. But I think still, right with all that said, that doesn't mean he's going to light the world on fire week one, week two, week like he he. It's still going to be a process. But it's exciting, it's encouraging to see that linear progression.
0: Yeah, it definitely has been, man. It definitely has been. Now, transitioning, though, right? Across the other side of the the field, the defensive side of the ball. Oh, okay. Man, we learned something, right? We got a chance to see something that we really wanted to see in terms of these outside linebackers going up against at least one tackle that has pedigree, right? We know with the Detroit Lions, they were supposed to have Panay who was, what, a top, 10 pick this year in the NFL draft. And then Taylor Decker, who's been a starting left tackle in this league for a couple of years now as well. Now, Decker did not play, but Penae did. And we did get a chance to see Melvin Ingram flash some more. Yes. Got a chance to see Melvin flying off the edge, making plays in the running game. I mean, I thought as a whole, Melvin definitely looked a lot closer to 2018, 2019, Melvin Ingram, than he did compared to last year's, where we knew he wasn't as healthy and he struggled a little bit with his productivity.
1: That was very exciting to see. I I agree with you. I like. I think they're going to deploy him. They're going to use him <laughs> intriguingly this season, Motzi. I think they're going to line. Obviously, he'll line up on the edge, like in a in a traditional uh, pass rushing edge rusher role but i think they're going to move him around they're going to have him blitzing from the interior like he even if tj watt completely healthy 17 games you know no nothing serious injury related alex highsmith is what we all hope he can be what we all think he can be 17 games nothing serious injury related they're still going to find ways to get Melvin Ingram involved with this defense. No, without a doubt, man. And, and, and you can see why Mozi he just has a knack for making plays. And even again, last year, he only played seven games and there were the injury concerns and a lot of people. And even I've been guilty of this using that, you know, the down year label. If you look, and it's funny how we, we poo-poo this stuff when we don't like it, but we use it to aid our, our arguments or our discussions when we do like it. If you look at some of the pro football focuses of the world, they still had Melvin Ingram graded insanely high in those seven games last mm-hmm. year. He had like the 10th or 11th best win percentage when rushing the passer and the entire National Football League in those seven games, even dealing with an injury. I think like you and I talked about too, he is a guy who – this is probably going to be the best defense he's ever been a part of. You know, they had some pretty good ones out there, uh, particularly, what was it? Was it two years? Uh, Darwin, Darwin James' Darwin rookie, James's year. James's rookie year. Yeah, rookie when they year. had Bosa and Darwin James mm-hmm. and, and, and Inger, they had a good defense that year. But this should be the best defense he's ever been a part of. I, I truly do believe that. And I think he he's he signed a one-year deal here. You know, he's a guy who was was making double-digit millions um, just recently I think he probably wants to position himself to get one more nice contract, you know, into his thirties, one more big contract at the end of his career. Uh, I think he's going to have a big year this season for all those reasons. I think the Steelers are going to use him in a lot of unique ways. I think he has the desire to prove that he's still got it and set himself up for, for, you know, for one more, um, two, three year deal, whatever it may be at the end of his career. I think this is going to be a, a very successful marriage. Arthur Motes, um, and, and you're right. He looks like a guy who still has plenty left in the tank.
0: No, he definitely does, man. All the signs are pointing to that, and you think about how the team will be able to use him. Him not having to be the main guy playing every single snap, that's a huge asset for the Pittsburgh Steelers. When you could take a guy like Melvin, who we know is not slowing down, but we know he's older, right? He's not a rookie anymore. The snaps become more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And obviously they can't play as many snaps and still be as productive so now you're taking a guy like melvin and being able to minimize those snaps but with minimization he's going to have an increase in his productivity because he's going to be fresher because he's going to be able to flip-flop size and get matched up on you know a guy that he might have a better matchup against on the right side or the left side yeah, like that's a really important it's almost all like picking all your matchups yeah. yeah he brings all that to the table that's a huge asset for a proven Edge rusher, a proven double-digit sack guy, even multiple with, times, yeah. even in the midst of Alex Highsmith having the camp that he's having, we still have a legitimate question mark because we haven't seen him do this against a starting caliber left tackle just yet. Cowboys didn't have Tyron Smith out there. Troy Lions they didn't have a uh, Taylor Decker out, or yeah, mm-hmm. Taylor Decker out there. Philly they don't even know who's going to their tackle left
1: tackle is <laughs> Andre Dillard. Uh. Like they're,
0: they're trying, they don't know if they want to trade Dillard or make him the starter. Like It's it's a cluster over there. So when I think of Alex, I'm like, as much as I'm excited about him, as confident as I am in him, I still have a little bit of a reserve around it just because I haven't seen it against an NFL caliber starting left tackle just yet. Whereas with Melvin, when he kicks butt, we've already seen him do this. Yes. Against Pro Bowlers. There, against oh, a, all track, pros, a track like, record there. His, the, 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 his resume speaks for itself. So, when I see him do these things, I don't have to worry about gauging it or trying to scale it based on who he's going against That's because a good point. I know what he's capable That's a really good of. Words of Alex, because we haven't seen him be able to dominate or flash like this against top tier tackles, we just simply don't know just yet. And like I said, even though we're optimistic, I caution it. I just caution it because we do know. Cautiously optimistic. It, it, we do know it's a difference. Yes. it's a difference between, say, for example, you going up against Chooks at left tackle versus you going up against Ronnie Stanley.
1: It's a <laughs> difference See, between. That's literally the name I was just it, It's right a difference that. between. Ronnie Stanley Jr. Yeah, it, 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 it's a big difference. Yes, there absolutely is.
0: Taylor Decker versus Chooks. It's a difference. And it's not a knock on Chooks, but that's who he faces in practice, right? Or Dan Moore. Those guys are trying to find themselves as left tackles. They're trying to make their first career start at left tackle. I mean, if we're being realistic about it. Whereas some of these other guys are proven. Higher pedigree, have done this, pro bowl, all pro, or even, like I said, top draft picks. Mm -hmm. We just haven't seen Alex be able to go against those guys. And it's nothing against him. It's not like he can control that. He's doing what he's supposed to do. But that's the only weird feeling I have with him because of that.
1: No, it's it's absolutely fair, and I think you're like it's. It, those are the that's the nuance and the minutia that you have to kind of wade through, especially in the preseason. This man. time of
0: year, especially during the preseason.
1: Yeah, and and we we have been we've liked a lot of what we've seen from Alex Highsmith, but I do I, I think that that's fair for you. There's a difference between doing it against Chooks and against Dan Moore and against some second and third teamers, then it's going to be you know week one up in Buffalo, yeah, or you know week two back here in Pittsburgh. Um, against the Oakland Raiders, it, it is, it, 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 you have to have a, a little bit of minutiae there. Mm-hmm. But again, even if all these things go best-case scenario, if, if, if Alex Highsmith is a pro bowler, mozi and T.J. Watt wins Defensive Player of the Year, that would be best-case scenario, right? Yeah. Melvin Ingram's still going to have a big impact on this He'll team and in. on this defense. They can do all that. He'll still
0: end up with about five or seven. <laughs> <laughs> Just in that little third pass rusher role. I've seen it happen. Yep, I've been a part of it at times. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. happens, man.
1: It, 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 you have to be. And then, you know, uh, Joe Schobert and what yeah. he can, like, There, there's a lot to, like, there's a lot of meat on that bone for this Absolutely. defense, for sure.
0: Absolutely. But look, when we get back, man, we're going to actually stick on that defensive side of the ball, but we're going to talk about the inside linebackers
1: and who potentially is making a case to be that third guy. Oh, I like it. Can we talk a little? I know it's Motos Tuesday. Go for it. Absolutely. Can we talk a little O-line in the, in the last oh, segment, Oh, no, no, too? We, we
0: definitely will because you know in that third segment we got we'll to talk, talk. a little Dan Moore Jr. Talk Dan Moore Jr., man. Kendra Green as well, man. And if those guys, you know, bounce back or were they able to sustain some positive performances, this is Motos and Euler on SNR.